This is Carmen Green, founder and curator of the Black Sewing Network Experience. Black Sewing Network, also known as BSN, is a network that amplifies and celebrates Black voices in the sewing community 365 days a year. We host daily live sew-alongs, sometimes multiple times a day, primarily in the TikTok space, but also across all social media platforms. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to tune into the Ladies of BSN series on the Stitch Please podcast. Special thanks to Lisa of Black Women Stitch for always being so supportive of BSN and for sharing this amazing platform with our incredible host. You can find our up-to-date sew-along schedule at www.blacksewingnetwork.com and we would love to see you join us at our next sew-along. Thank you again for all your support and enjoy the rest of this episode. Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women's Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Hey, friends. Hey, it is Lisa from Black Women Stitch and the Stitch Please podcast. And as I say every week, this is a very special episode because this episode, I am talking with none other than the dynamic duo, Sewing Sisters, the two that be cutting up left and right on the Black Sewing Network, none other than Brittany and Sharissa, also known as Shishi. Welcome you both to the Stitch Please podcast. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have y'all. Thank you. I believe when I first watched your show, one of the things that really stood out to me about the way you all connect, it has this kind of sisterly camaraderie. And that wasn't my phrase. This was somebody else in the comments. I was like, why are they just fussing like that? And someone was like, we said, don't worry about it. This is just how they do. This is just how they do. One person fuss and the other person fuss. And I told her and she didn't. And I told her and she didn't. And it's all love. But speaking of love from the beginning, I want to ask each of you all how you started sewing and then pivot to how you started sewing in the Black Sewing Network. Had you both been sewing for many years before you started sewing last year on the Black Sewing Network? For me, no. I haven't been sewing long at all. I originally tried in 2013 when I found out that my oldest son was allergic to regular diapers. So I was going to make cloth diapers. It was a fail, absolute fail. And I started sewing like stuffed dragons and then I quickly got over that. And I didn't sew again until 2019 when I decided out of the clear blue sky that I was going to sew bags. Did I know how to sew bags? No. Did I even know where to start? No. Did I even have a sewing machine? No. These are little tiny petty points. I don't know why those would be necessary. Yeah, I didn't have anything. And I bought an embroidery machine. And originally, I thought I was just going to embroider shirts. No, a 4 by 4 embroidery machine is a waste of money. So I was like, 
keen. I need to do something. And thus we decided to make bags. And I sold bags consistently from maybe the end of 2019 all the way through March 2021. I sold my bag that I took with me to get married in Vegas. Wow. And after I came back from Vegas, I didn't sell anything until I found Black Sewing Network. Wow. So yours was kind of like a little bit of sewing in the beginning, motivated by need. But then it's like, you know what? These cloth diapers are not hidden. That's not what's happening. You know what? He might like dragons. Let's make some little tiny dragons. That's also, I must acknowledge, a pretty big leap to go from I want to make a cloth diaper, which is basically a giant rectangle, to I want to make a dragon, which is <laughs> not a rectangle. It just shows how bold you are and how confident. I love how you said, basically, as long as you have the idea, the passion, the commitment, the equipment, you can get that later. But you had the drive. Now, tell me, how about you, Shishi? Had you been sewing for quite some time before you and Brittany connected on Black Sewing Network? I've been sewing with a machine since I was 16. But I've been sewing, sewing as far as hand sewing since I was 14, before I had my first child. Wow. I had made his shirt. But I always wanted to be a fashion designer. So ever since I was small, I used to read a lot. So when I was reading, I was reading a lot on Asian cultures. So I fell in love with like the geishas and the kimonos, the stuff that they wore, the makeup, the hair, everything. And that led me down the path of just studying up on different types of fashions. And after that, it was like fashion designer, interior decorator. That's what I always wanted to be. Am I that now? No. But can I still be that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I started off with the sewing machine at 16. I didn't know how to use it. It was my grandmother. She didn't want me to use her machine, even though she didn't use it. And I was making clothes for my boys. I never made anything for myself. And then I eventually slowly started getting into making stuff for myself. But I was still making just mainly for my boys, for my kids at the time. I didn't start getting into making stuff for me until around 2000 and I want to say 14 or 15 when I moved into this house. So okay. it's fairly recent for me to start making stuff for myself. Did I know how to read a pattern? No. Did I know my sizing? No. Did I know measurements? No. I didn't know anything about patterns and I just had to slowly teach myself. So everything that I know now, I am self-taught and I'm still learning every day. Even if I went to school, I will still be learning every day because there's never one way to do a garment or anything. There's multiple ways and I want to know all of it. That's right. Brittany, how about you? Do you consider yourself self-taught or did you take any classes or any kind of formal? It's been me and YouTube. It's been me and YouTube. And I got to the point, I am very intentional when I go on YouTube. Okay. I'm going to YouTube to look for something specific. And once I find it, I got it. I'm not going back. I literally consumed this one lady's YouTube videos on bag making. If I wanted to make a bag, I would specifically go to her page to see if she had made it. If she had made it, I would watch her four-hour video. Wow. And after that, I would just be like, okay, I got it, whatever. I don't go back. So I say I'm very much self-taught because it's YouTube. You can only see what they're doing, but most of it, they don't really show what they're doing. So very much self-taught. Mm -hmm. Tell me a bit more about, because it sounds like a real commitment when you say, when I go to YouTube, I am strategic. I go to look for one thing. I'm not going to try to find everybody's way. Is there a certain benefit to claiming how you want to learn? 
like, you know, of self-study, of taking guidance when you find it, but not feeling like you need to be overwhelmed by what everybody is doing. Tell me more about that, Brittany. I'd love to hear more. And then, Chi-Chi, if you have a similar or different philosophy. I feel like the person you learn from, you have to vibe with them on a certain level. May it be how they explain, how they talk. Like there are bag makers on YouTube. There are some that I refuse to watch because there's no need for you to talk for 30 minutes before you even pull out the fabric that you're going to use. I don't need you to show me how to cut the things because the directions tell me that. I just need you to specifically show me how to put this puzzle together. And if you're not showing me that, then I'm not watching because you're taking too long. If you're not immediately (laughs) giving me what I need, then I don't want to watch you. Like, I just don't. I don't want to watch you. I hear that. I hear that, especially when your time is limited. You have to make choices. How about you, Shishi, in terms of your approach to developing your skills or figuring out who to learn from? I have a habit of over-consuming. So I won't just watch one person. I will continue to look and look and look. Like I said, I'll be trying to find different ways and I try to find ways to where I can incorporate it to make it easy. So I would find multiple ways to do something and I will turn that way into my way so I can teach somebody else in case somebody else wanted to learn it because I am for easy and fast. (laughs) Will it take me a while to get it down? Yes, but I try to get it down to a point to where I can explain it to somebody else and they can catch on to it faster than I can. Yes, I really love that. Now, Brittany, do you consider yourself somebody who is teaching other people? Like she she has just said, I want to learn it so that I can explain it to somebody else. Brittany's like, I want to learn it so that I know what I'm doing and y'all going to have to get it how you get it. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I will say I'm not a teacher. However, <laughs> ask around Black someone network. They're going to be like, yeah, Brittany, just watch her. She got you. I don't really feel like I'm a teacher. I just feel like if you watch me and if I'm doing something and you want to know what I'm doing, ask because I'm not going to tell you. Well, I can tell you, I have absolutely learned something from you, Brittany, for sure. And I think that she, she, it's also the case with you. The products that y'all are using, like that little like candle light thing, the little Ellie <laughs> nappy thing. I knew that I wanted to singe the edges of the bag. You know, when you cut it, it just kind of goes all bananas and just frays. And I didn't want to use a lighter because I just thought the smoke and then I have a soldering iron. But who wants to turn on a doggone soldering iron just to melt down? I'm like, that's silly. Girl, you pulled out that little zappy zap thing. I was like, what is this? What is this? (laughs) That would be my kryptonite. I like gadgets. If I see somebody buy something, I'm like, what's that? Why you got that? Do I need that? Of course I need that. Am I going to use it tomorrow? No. However, if I run into a spot, I'm like, oh, I got that over there in the corner. Now, will I be able to put my hands on it immediately? No. Not immediately. But it is there. But you have it. It is there and I know it's there so I can go use it. I hate to get into the middle of a project and I got to jump through hoops and then I got to stop because I don't have what I need. So I'm going to just order everything. I'm the same way. I call that being well provisioned. I like being well provisioned. Some people say hoarding, which makes me want to throat punch them because... <laughs> very much so. Like, very I, much so. How dare you? How dare you say this is a hoard? First of all, I have a system. I know where things are mostly. I have 
have lots of things labeled in boxes. It is the same for me. Like if I am in the middle of something and it's like, oh, you need some so-and-so boning. And I'm like, I didn't see that on the outside of the envelope. Was that on the, don't get mad. Go to the boning section of your notions collection and just get some. It's not a big deal. And then don't let me have friends or whatever that might happen to need something. And they're like, oh, do you have a That's me. Of course, I got, I got you. Yes. It's like, are we mailing it? Am I bringing it to you? Like, I got you. Don't go by that. I got you. Do you think Lisa has some black thread? No. What? Of course. What kind of black? You mean black, black, off black, true black, blue black? What black? Which kind? You want nylon? You want polyester? <laughs> you want bonded? You want cotton? Like, what you got? I mean, honestly. I what mean, you mean? Really. I feel like we're really collectors. I say that, and you will hear me say that all the time. I am a collector of random things. I don't know why. I'm just going to collect it. I'm a collector of things that are related to sewing in some of the most loosely interpreted definitions of what that word might mean. The stuff that I have in here (laughs) that I think is also related to sewing, like, you know, a heat press. Why wouldn't you have that? A sublimation printer. That's related, you know? Yeah, because you can sublimate your own fabric and yeah. then sew it into exactly. a dress. So these are just, you know, my basics. That's okay. That's what I use. How about you, Shishi? Are you a collector of things? It feels like some of the things that you work with, for both of you, you all are really wonderful at choosing fabrics. I would love to talk about how you make your choices around your fabrics, like the fabric that you're wearing right now in this photo, as well as the fabric for this dress and the style that you're wearing here, Shishi. What makes a fabric speak to you? Are you the type of person that chooses a design first and then finds the fabric? Or do you see a fabric and it's like, oh, I know what I'm going to make? It's very seldom I will let a design speak for my fabric. It's more like, I don't want to say like if I go to the fabric store, I never have a plan. I just go and I see something that I like, like, oh, I can use this for something. Will I use it right now? No. I've had fabrics in here that I've had for like two years that I still have not used. But believe me, when I need it, I have a design in mind. Then I'm like, oh, yeah, I have that fabric. Let me go grab that fabric. So um, but now I mainly get what I like. So if I see something and I think I'm like, oh, I could do pants with this or this may be a cute dress or I won't have a design in mind, but I will have something in mind for that fabric. Whether it sits here, I use it tomorrow. We don't know until that design pops into my head because I have a very chaotic brain when it comes to design. I'm very chaotic. <laughs> Well, speaking of chaos, how about you, Crafted and Chaos? How do you make your decisions around fabric versus design? It depends on what it is, but I'm definitely buying the fabric because I like the fabric. Like, (laughs) it will not pass me by. If I want it, I want it. Like, what are you doing with that? I don't know. Don't ask me that. When it happens, it happens. When the magic speaks. Then it'll come. There are also things where I see this pattern and I'm like, oh, that's going to be that. Like my hoodie. Yeah. I bought panels specifically to make hoodies. That's probably like the only thing when I was doing like buying a whole bunch of custom fabric. Then it was very intentional because custom fabrics cost too much. But have I made most of that stuff? Absolutely not because it's knit and I don't really like sewing with knits anymore. But it's going to happen when it happens. <laughs> it's true. I love custom knit fabrics. I think that when the custom knit phenomenon began, I think it was because there's so few knit 
fabrics that were available easily, like through Joann's or, you know, wherever people were buying their fabric in retail. So some people took it upon themselves to kind of say, let's get more knit fabrics. And those folks that I support, businesses like Quinora Renee and Emerald Curtain, Nicola Lees, who does fabric that's not necessarily custom, but it's a lot of knit. And I've been thinking a lot about knit fabrics as a textile because it's just so comfortable. But I, for example, am a huge, huge fan of cotton 